We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jack Ramsey's post-game show, live show, doing all of the things. Blazers win a road game. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, Blazers win 125-110 over the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets continue to suck. Uh, the Blazers put three different players, uh, have over 20 or 25 or more in use of Durkic, CJ McCollum, and Anthony Simons. The Blazers did what they needed to do against a really bad team. Uh, they had a third quarter that probably don't want to watch back as it was just a dunk competition for Kenyon Martin Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of it matters because it's the Houston Rockets and you're on to the next and you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder who are really bad as well. Uh, Brandon, what was your takeaway from, from tonight's uh, it's a bit of a snooze fest? Bit of a snooze um, fest. I think you summed it up. It doesn't matter. Do we <laughs> trade Nurkic or do we sign Nurkic to an extension? You want to get right into it? I mean, we can we can talk a little bit about the game. I thought Ant was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple moments that, and I I joined the live watch party late, but we and you both kind of like noticed it, and you said it when CJ came to get the ball, and Ant was like, get out "You of sure about that pumpkin?" And then he drove the lane, <laughs> bodied a dude, and got a got a nice little uh, an and one finish there. So. Uh, I really liked what I saw from him. Nurkic played really hard. And I, I may not have been the prettiest game, but he gave you a, a yeah. decent game. Um, that's really all I have. I, I don't know what else to take away from that. The Rockets are awful. They are taking harder than Portland. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew going in that they were going to end up losing a, a ping pong ball in this thing. But it was nice to see Ant play well. Yeah, I thought Ant played really well. Uh, he kind of sat back and kind of saw what everybody else was going to do for a few minutes and was like, yep. Y'all are really going to make me do this, aren't you? <laughs> Took over a little bit in the fourth quarter. 27 points on another efficient night. 27 points on 17 shots. 5 of 9 from the three-point line. If I'm going to criticize him, every starter got to the line multiple times, save Anthony. He did not get to the line at all. When Okay, I, I'm not jumping way ahead here. Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to rush to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. When, when does that become somewhat worrisome? How next, many next seasons? Year. Next okay. year. Well, the signs will be there. Yeah. And the thing was, he did have aggressive takes tonight. We, we just talked about him. I think it was Jalen Green that he went chest to chest with and just knocked him back 10 feet and finished through contact. That's maybe – I've seen him do that maybe a half dozen times in four years. 
Oh, he was a bull in that move. Yeah. I mean, that I, was yeah, that cool. was, and that's the kind of thing where you look at it and go, okay. <laughs> there was uh, he also got called for a foul. I believe it was also on Jalen Green, where Jalen Green tried to bump him off, and Ant stuck his face in there, maybe a little too far, but mm-hmm. he knocked Jalen Green back the other way. Yep. And it was nice to see a guy who's smaller and hasn't really learned how to use his frame use his frame on a guy that's younger and lighter than him. Like, that's how the evolution... Like, when, when you go up that evolutionary ladder, Yusuf Nurkic looks down at everybody and says, puny humans, you know, that he can use his size and his strength against everybody, whether he's 18 years old or he's 35 years old. That's always going to be there. Right. But as you get a little bit older, the grown man's strength comes, and then... He, I'm not asking him to be Grandmama. He doesn't need to be Larry Johnson out there, you know, drop-stepping dudes into another dimension. But if you can put a shoulder into a guy every now and then, draw some contact, get to the free throw line, all right. But yeah. uh, overall, I loved his game tonight. Two possessions I wish he had back. Both was, both he got he lost the ball. One, uh, high pressure. Uh, they took the ball away from him. The other one, in traffic, made a kind of a iffy decision. Other than that, like, people always ask me, when are you going to get critical of Ant? When are you going to get critical of Ant? Uh, we're getting there. I, I have a rule. You don't criticize guys until their second contract. So as Ant's getting closer and closer to it, I start going, honing in on, okay, he's doing this really good. He's doing this really good. He's doing this good. This little thing over here, what's this little thing over here? That's why I want to start kind of going with this, and I want to hone in on stuff that I really am looking for over the next three months as he get ready to go into the offseason. If he comes back, like, what do you want to see him work on? That's kind of how I'm watching these games now at least. That's and this is not to say this happens every game. This isn't to say it's happened more than five times. It's just a simple observation. He's had a, a couple times preseason and a couple times in the regular season. Tonight you just mentioned it, mm-hmm. where teams are able to apply enough pressure, and sometimes he gets a little loose with the handle. He knows it, and they're able to kind of poke that away. Yep. No, he uh, he spent last summer working on his handle. Uh, he was working with Darren Collison. I want to I, I want to plug the the facilities that I can't remember. I know he's done some work at the P three Sports and Science Center, but that's not where it was. Uh, Darren Collison worked with him a ton. I think he was down there for like two weeks in L A. Uh, just literally working on his handle and like the point guardy things. Yeah, has he split step through push dribble like keeping the bo- you know ball on a string yep. even when it's away from your body like those are yep. the kind of things he's been really work and he's. <clears throat> He's still got work to do, but he is better than he was last year. And so I, I still I'm one of those things where I look at it and I go, he's he's still got work to do, but he can he can get better in that regard. I, I don't see that being an issue for him. Mm-hmm. Of, of all the things that I think NBA players can work on, I feel like your handle is one of the ones that you can legitimately no BS improve. Oh just, yeah, just just through repetition and going like yes. And so that's that's the one thing that I like. And, and what I where I find this promising, and somebody else just kind of call this out in the chat. Uh, Bryce says Ant does seem to put Nurk in better spots. There were people in like November and even early December, who were like I don't know if Anthony Simon is, you know, is, is able, uh, capable playmaker, of being able to put the ball in a spot that it needs to be. Have you seen how many times over the last two and a half, three weeks that he has made an inch perfect pass to yep. Nurk on a roll? Yeah, where he doesn't have to reach down, doesn't have to reach out. And when I see that kind of that growth, that talent, like natural talent turning into a skill, that's where I look at his handle and I go, okay, this is this is something he clearly is working on. Let's see where it's at next year. Let's see what it looks like when he comes into camp. Let's see what it looks like in preseason in the next year. 
I think he's got a nice, he's done this with the right and the left, the nice like kind of swing over pass mm-hmm. that he's able to do when he's coming off a screen. He, he had that to Macklemore uh, yeah, early yeah. in the fourth quarter. And then I, the other thing he does a little different than Dame, because Dame's obviously amazing with Nurk in the pick. Uh, when he comes over and he's not swing passing, he kind of uses like this touch athletic jump pass type mm-hmm. deal, like where he kind of gets up and it's like a quick little, it's a, little it, toss to him almost. It's, it's hard to explain, but no, you know no, what I'm talking about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I love these. Uh, I can't remember who we was talking about. That. It might have been Richmond the other day. He was talking about micro skills. Because I focus on micro skills a lot when you're talking about footwork and pass placement and those kind of things. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, Shengun for the Rockets tonight had a spin move that would just was like. Yeah. And I didn't care about the finish. It was all about the control and the footwork and everything he did. It was such a natural, beautiful thing. And I was like, the finish will come with that. If you can master that, yes, move, the finish, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll and it's follow. the same thing. Like you have point guards who do these little things. Like we've talked about Steve Nash, you know, when a new teammate would come in, like, where do you want to, where do you want the ball? And that's such a, like how many people have you ever played a sport with where they asked you how you like something as a teammate? And it's such a rare thing. I, I honestly don't know if I've had it once. Right. And that's the thing is like, but I, I also grew up in park rows. So like, <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, in general, that's, I don't think people actively think about those things. Yeah. Like a wide receiver. Do you like catching it in tight in the chest or do you want to be stretched out? Do you want to be led to your right? Do you want to be led to your left? Like those are the kind of things like, and, and to translate into the NBA, I think Ant, that little jump pass, that's his way of putting the ball where Yusuf Nurkic wants it. Because Nurk, not to say Dame is throwing low passes, but Nurk, Dame will kind of get him right here, and he'll want to naturally then go and down he, and, and he brings the ball down. When Swipe you put down. the ball here already, number one, big yeah. fella catch ball up high. Yep. That's, yep, it, yep. When ball is up high, ball can stay high. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and I think it's just a little, like a like a little tiny micro skill that I really like to watch for. Well, I hope he's doing that. Uh, it's pro athletes just in general in any sport, they operate very differently, and they operate in a way that you and I want to operate in life, but I don't think people apply when they're talking about sports. So I'll give you an example. Like I just heard an interview today, Ricky Williams, a former running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about a, a former teammate who was throwing a tantrum in practice. And they were basically like, how do you get out of that situation? And cause it, it had to do with Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And he said for, for, for athletes, it can be as simple as the people that need the attention. It's as simple as saying, Hey, what play are you looking at? And it's as simple as you running one play. And that player is like all in on what you're doing for the entire game. Like for, for another player, let's use Ant here. Mm-hmm. If he is asking guys like Nurk, like, hey, where do you like prefer the ball on a roll? I don't know if he is. Maybe he's yeah, not. No, no, no. But like, I, I, I'm not saying that, that he is. I'm just saying but if he general, is, that's his way of just kind of feeling that out. Athletes love that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. man. Because it's exactly what, how many times have you had that ass? I've never had that ass. But if I did, I would appreciate it. I only say this. I, I I played with a guy in in uh, Chris Tyak, a good friend of mine growing up. Uh, he was a quarterback at Beaverton High School. Unfortunately, he got in an accident on the field and was paralyzed. Um, but I grew up playing with him, and I remember. I will always forget this because of how like rare this occurrence was. We were getting ready to play Aloha High School, and in pregame, we were going through the walkthrough, and he he always used to just rip it at me. <laughs> He just had a cannon. Yeah. And he always used to kind of put it like right here. And it would, 
was like, ah. He, he's like, oh, I thought you wanted it there because you've got the cowboy collar and you can't reach the ball. And I was like, no, dude, put it right here. Like, lead me upfield. He's like, just like on the one hand, I was like, yeah, lead me upfield. And they did. It was an uh, option route as a, as a running back. Last little check down. And he, boop, and put it on one hand. I turned it upfield and took it like 60 yards. And it was the longest pass play I ever, ever had in, in, in football. That's part of the reason why it sticks out. But the other part of it was just like that consideration and like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, exactly. And, again, I don't know if Ant is doing this, but I just like that little kind of thing, those micro skills, like for Ant in particular, the floater, like he has that in-between game now where it's, it's everybody watches the shot, watches footwork. Watch his footwork on that where he explodes right, left, split, all of a sudden, you think he's going to get to a spot and go to that mid-range pull-up. He gives you a little up fake, and you're already rising up, and now yep. he just floats one step later, and you're coming down when he's going up. And those are the little things that you watch in in a young player's game as they develop that I, I really, really enjoy watching. Um, I could wax poetic about Ant's development until the cows come home, but let's give some love to some guys tonight. Uh, CJ, I thought he picked his moments Pretty, pretty awfully in the first, not even the first quarter, the second and third quarters. I thought he was just kind of, ugh. Fourth quarter, man, he came out. I swear to God, he hit everything. It was a shot after shot after shot after shot. And I was like, good God. He finishes with 26, 5, and 3. Uh, 10 of 20, 4, 9 from 3. Um, got poked in the eye and I heard him. Boy, that one, looked, that looked bad. <laughs> it looked bad. More than that, I think this is um, the the grunting that you heard from him. I was oh, like, no. <laughs> is he okay? I think part of that is, is we could hear the arena, like what was going on on the floor a ton because there's nobody in the building. But I was like, man, he's, he's, you, you can hear the, uh, uh, but it was more of a, my eye. You know? Right, right, right. Um, but overall, I thought he closed out the game tremendously. Yusuf Durkic had his probably most efficient floor night of the season. It was unfortunately marred by stupid fouls on the screens, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with, and six turnovers. Yeah, that that was the only thing keeping me back when we talked at the beginning of the pod of me going like, hey, really good game for Nurk. That was the one thing that Guy. just eh, kind of ate six at me a little bit. a big number. That, that's a huge number. It, so one thing I noticed tonight is outside of his post touches, he wasn't really touching the ball a ton. They weren't going into the DHOs or, or running him really as a playmaker in the middle of the floor. But he, when he shot, man, efficient tonight. 8 of 11, yeah. 9 of 11 from the free throw line. That's how you get 25 points on 11 shots. Mm-hmm. Good, good night overall. I thought Norm looked like Norm again, 16, 5, and 2. Yeah, good Cho- night for Norm. Chose his spots really well, yep. just kind of fit in. Well, and uh, Norm, I, I know the um... – who they just play at home? Uh, Blanket. Who's home again? Minnesota. Wait, what? Oh yeah, their last yeah, home yeah. game. Minnesota, Minnesota? Dallas. Uh, when oh yeah, Dallas. Norm, uh, Minnesota game. Like Norm came back after, you know, missing n- three weeks. Yeah, and he got some shots. I thought Norm kind of did a good job of not doing the CJ thing. Yes. And trying to get the ball away from Ant, he kind of just let it kind of flow with with what they were doing and how they were doing it. I, you know, that's a difference to me. Like that, that kind of stuff, it's, it's little, but it's not little. So no, making I, the game more enjoyable for guys, I think is what really matters. And I think okay. I'll use that as, as a good transition point. 
CJ played better statistically, and I think Norm had a better game. Yeah, I, I think the way and I think the way CJ fit in in the fourth quarter was a lot better than what it was the previous three quarters. Um, like I said, and I think that that whole like enjoyment fun part of this, I, I, I'll use that as a transition because everybody wants to talk about it. Jason Quick article, yeah. yep. Joseph Nurkic specifically specifically said when guys are on the same page and on this and playing for the same way and playing for the same goals kind of thing, it's more fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. It's more fun. I and mean, he's right. It is more fun. It is. Yeah, I know. But but it was also self-serving in that it's more fun because I get to touch the ball more. And I get yes. nine post-ups and I get 14 shots. And it's been – I don't want to get in the negative part of it right out of the way, but it's, I find it funny that Nurk's very happy at the same moment that he gets the same amount of you know shots a game that Jimmy Butler gets for the Heat in varying levels of importance. I, I just think, you know, I think the problem with this Nurkic thing, it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a good piece. I, a couple questions I have for a guy like Yusuf Nurkic, but he's playing better basketball. And I think it largely has to do with what you're saying here. He's getting the touch, he's getting the shots. Mm-hmm. What, what I, what I get confused about and frustrated with, you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree with a lot of people on different blazer things all the time. That's okay. But what frustrates me is this idea that somebody who's been here for what, six years now, mm-hmm. that this is like some, now some, they're putting it together, <laughs> some light where they've, they've the system and, his attitude and the whole approach is different. Like, excuse me, because when he got here, it was really amazing. He he had a great 
you know, kind of coming out. I'm not just a backup center. I'm a starting center moment. He put the Blazers from one of the worst teams in the NBA to a playoff team and kind of transformed what they were defensively too. That's great. And then I saw what happened the next three years after that. And unfortunately, you know, I still had the injury involved, but I just don't get it, man. This city, sometimes I think we are our own worst enemy because we, we watched that team lose to Denver missing stars. We asked for them to break it up. They didn't. We got frustrated. They fired Stotts. Then we finally got rid of Neil Olshay and we're somehow, however many games they've played now, what 50, 45, where are they at right now? I think they're actually at 50 now. They're at 50 games, and and we're now changing 49. our opinion again yeah. on Yusuf Nurkic. I just – we know what this is. It's it's frustrating to me, man, because in any other city, this is not – we're not tolerating it's, it's this. It's not normal. We're demanding it to be different. And this yeah. idea that he's some different player, cool. You think he's going to be a different player if, Day, if Dame and CJ or Dame and Ann are playing together? Like, he's going to fall back to being the third option again. And what have we seen with if that? If the third – you're still – they still need to get a wing option. That's my point. He'd want to be the third option, though. That's and, part of this problem. And in Quick's piece, and I'm not going to try to be too too critical uh, of of Quick here, but he called Nurk like a one A or one B or a number two option, and that's just not the case. No, I don't. I that that was something that stuck out to me. I'm like, like differing he, opinion there with Jason. And, I, I don't think he, him. As here's well. the thing. Let's just go standard box score real quick. Just this month yeah. for Yusuf Nurkic. He's having a good month. Don't get it twisted. He's His production is good. I am not here slandering him. I am talking about big picture stuff. Yusuf Nurkic is shooting 50% on almost 14 shots a night, giving you 18, 13, and 4. Those are really good numbers. Really good numbers. Mm-hmm. They aren't great in the terms of efficiency. He's not knocking down threes. He's not knocking down free throws. He's turning the ball over more than literally everybody. You're giving him tremendous volume. Tremendous volume. His post-ups, like where he uses the possession, has gone from under three to over nine. Yeah. That is a radical amount of touch increase where you're using a possession. And here's the thing. I like using the big monster to go just bang on dudes. Just, I mean, he should. But the efficiency standpoint and how that plays out long term doesn't make sense for the Trailblazers. At all. At all. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it either. Um, you have to deal him. I'm sorry. Like, there's been zero things done to change my tune. And this isn't even just a shot at Nurkic, by the way. This is from a observe, obser- an, an observer from 30,000 feet looking down at a franchise that's clearly ready to kind of go a different direction here and build differently. And a player who's giving pretty good production, playing for a contract that, you know what, he actually might benefit going somewhere else. I don't know what team that is, but there, there's a chance that he can benefit playing on a different team. So it's like a a win-win to me. And yet everything with the Blazers, there has to be this like contentious or just fighting nature to the fans of like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And like, I've seen it. It's a mixture of 
Nurkic has been really good. I, I think I think we I think we bring him back with Bill with him. And then I've seen the no, you can't do that. And I'm sorry, I just largely and loudly fall into that side of things. This run was good. It was successful. It's over. It needs to be done. It needs to end. And I'm tired of talking about these uh, run it back things. Like, I, I just, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's just the desire to kind of get locked into that. And, and here's where I want to kind of take the efficiency part of this. Because some people don't really understand where, like, those numbers rank. His box score numbers are very good. And they need somebody to do it. And he's done it well. Yeah, and, and when I talk about all this stuff, I'm not saying Yusef Nurkic is a bum or he's not a good player or any of this. Nobody is saying that right now. No. Nobody. It is, he's a good player who can absolutely impact winning and losing, and he can be a box score stuffing machine. But he has shortfalls, and the Blazers have consistently talked about being bigger, stronger, longer, more athletic, and more switchable. Yusef Nurkic was taken off the floor the other night against Minnesota because they wanted to be switchable. How, how can you say that Yusuf Nurkic is the center of your of your future and be switchable at the same time? Right. The reason the Blazers' defense has gotten better is, number one, they've gotten people out there who care more uh, over the longer period of time. They've gotten guys out there healthier. They've gotten guys that are longer and more athletic. And they've gotten Yusuf Nurkic closer to the rim defensively. Mm-hmm. All of those things have happened. And turns out it makes things look better. So let's look a look at the offensive side here real quick for, for Yusuf Nurkic. If I said I'm going to give you every center in the NBA who has played at least 15 minutes a game in the month of January, where Yusuf Nurkic has been very good, where do you think his true shooting percentage ranks? Every I'll, 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 um, give, I'll give you his true set. shooting percentage. His true shooting percentage right now is 55.3. Where does 55.3 rank among all centers in the NBA? 18th. 19th survey says 66th. Oh, well, I was okay. I was thinking slightly different <laughs> situations there, but if he gets every center, then okay. But no, these, these are guys that all play 15 minutes. Not great. That I mean, that's so much worse than I could have imagined. And if you go effective field goal percentage, I guess 19, you said 66. <laughs> A little, little trade. And in uh, effective field goal percentage, you know where he ranks? Uh, 108. I don't know. 66th. Oh my God. Not great there, Bob. And so to, let's, let's kind of give the numbers so people understand who's up there. So yeah. Dwight Powell, DeAndre Ayton, Daniel Gafford, Zeke Naji, Mitchell Robertson, Robert Williams, Unkongwu, Rudy Gobert, Montrez Harrell, Jokic, Sabonis, Claxton, Biombo, Markinen, Green, Zubat, Jared Allen. Say Rolo. Uh, actually, say I, Rolo. I, I think he's right here. Yeah, uh, Javale McGee, Anthony Davis, Robin Lopez, Jonas <laughs> Valanciunas. Their former center, who's at the end of his career, is better in these categories. He he has legitimate holes in his game that are problematic for what they want to do long term. Yeah, is he filling the gap right now as a stopgap? Yes, because he. Is, for the things that he doesn't have, you know what he does have, Brandon? He's seven foot three hundred pounds. In massive human. He's five guys in the NBA who have a modicum of a chance of yeah. dealing with him for thirty minutes a night. And if he gives a shit, which he has, mm-hmm. and he takes his time, like he did tonight, he can beat the ever living hell out of guys. The, the, okay, so there's there right there and lies the problem. When he gives when a shit and where, 
and where, and it also is predicated about looks. And I'm sorry, we know what this story is. He's going to play with a Dame and with a CJ, and the looks will diminish. And then he'll start out maybe okay. He'll stop getting the basketball for a run and soaking Nurk. It's okay to say these things. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. It's just no. these are these are the warts of him. And again, I just think the environment needs to change because once this thing gets righted, they sign Ant, Dame gets healthy, Nas is back. If you are under the assumption they should sign Yusuf Nurkic, okay, so all those dudes are coming back. You tell me, how many shots is he getting? Eight to ten, maybe. How's that? How's that sitting? And, the, and I think most of us know this answer. He's not going to like that. That's part of this equation is he's getting shots. Why, why are we not acknowledging this? There's been yes. no, there was no CJ for a long time. There's been no Dame. There will not be a Dame. Who else on this team is going to get these shots? I don't get why we're overlooking that aspect. He's right getting now. these looks because nobody else can generate them. And we, we've talked about this last year with Carmelo Anthony in the second unit. Carmelo Anthony was given those shots. One, he was promised them. But two, nobody else could generate looks consistently. Throwing it down to Yusuf Nurkic on any given night, any given night, he will generate looks. He may have some bad ones. He may have some okay ones, but he'll have some good ones too. But you are not going to get a live ball turnover at half court, which Ant struggled with last year and has had some issues with big-time pressure this year. If you get a bad shot, it's at the rim and your defense is able to get back and stop long rebounds and runouts and transition problems, which has also impacted the Blazers' defense because they're able to get back with better floor balance and not have odd man attacks coming back the other way. Excuse me. Let, let me ask you this. Go. So the, the other part, and this was the part that made the rounds, but I just I want to bring it up. Mm -hmm. This is, by the way, nothing to do with Jason. Do you believe Nurkic when he told Jason that Joe Cronin told him they were running it back with him, Damon CJ? I believe that uh, Nurk was told that at that point. So that would have been like December 3rd, by the way. That's when sure. Nito got fired, December 3rd or 4th. And Joe's on day one? What do you want? When you step into a new role after something else has gone wrong, what's the first thing you want to do? Calm everything down. Everything's good, big fella. We got you. Yep. yep. We got you. Mm-hmm. You're still a man. Nurk knows it's a business. Yeah. Nurk knows it's a business. Like I, I think, yeah, I think of anything, I, I kind of took away that piece also reads like, come trade for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, the timing of this I'm the piece, good soldier. I'm the good soldier putting up good stats right now. The you know timing I mean? of like, this piece, what, 11 days before the trade deadline with nothing but a glowing review. You know what the only negative thing was in that article? What? That Nurk thinks Portland's gotten bad, like the city. Oh, yeah, touche. That is that part the only negative thing in that entire article. <laughs> only thing. Well, it is it is a glowing, effusive praise where he talked about. It is. Well, statistically true. Mm -hmm. I kind of like. I, I did a little bit of an eye roll where he said, you know, Rudy Gobert and, and Nikola Jokic are the only guys rebounding more than Yusuf Nurkic right now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, Nurk's always been a good rebounder. We're not. Nobody's really been worried about Yusuf Nurkic as a rebounder. No. He's had great nights rebounding too, and it's not made a difference in terms of winning or losing for them. Like, I don't know. I think I think some stats are always different than others, but um, yeah, I kind of that was my big takeaway. Like, I 
I'm not, I gotta be honest. I've not been very active on Twitter in terms of like my own tweets. Mm -hmm. Uh, life is weird sometimes. And I'm like, just going through one of those weird, like, I don't know, runs where I don't feel like tweeting, but like I'm interacting with people and I'm retweeting stuff. I was on Twitter today, checking and I'm just like blown away. Like people are really like, yeah, you know, I could see us needing to sign Nurkic and uh, I think we bring him back. And I'm like, we don't learn. There's nothing we can do as a team fan wise for us to truly learn our lesson. A lot of us have, there's still a lot of us that haven't. I was texting, and, I don't want to cut you off, but I, 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 yeah. have, to, I have to capitalize on this because this is going to drive that point home. I was texting with somebody who works in the NBA the other day. And I said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But I changed it to, you know, fool me the sixth time, shame on me. And he was Again, like, shame on me. And he, and he texted me back, Nurkic, huh? <laughs> and I, mean, I was like, and it, has, it has nothing to do with Yusuf Nurkic. I think Yusuf Nurkic with on, you throw Yusuf Nurkic in Toronto with a bunch of hyper athletic wings. That's a good. That's a good situation. Where he's your backline defender, you're like, yes. yeah, yeah. No, yep. that makes a ton of sense. And they'll behind, win too. They'll win. They'll be winning. He'll feel great about that. Behind Damian Lillard, no. Yeah, I behind Damian Lillard. I want six five. Uh, Anthony Simons. I want six seven, six six. The Sear Little types. I want six foot eight, six foot nine. Jeremy Grant, and then I want Clint Capella. Or I want Miles Turner, or I want just like a stupidly hyper athletic, and then I want a guy off the bench like Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, that's what I want behind Damian Lillard. I just I don't know. I um, I just finished the thought. I, I I thought I was gonna get on Twitter after reading that piece and see people saying, "Oh, you know, good for Nurk. He seems happy right now." But now I'm good. <laughs> a new a new place, a new start will be great. Like that. That was instantly my takeaway. Was like. I'm happy. Come get me. Like that was my takeaway mm -hmm. from the piece. For, so for me to get on Twitter and see like, not, I wouldn't say split because Twitter is not real, but to see a decent percentage of people on my timeline or just looking at like reactions to it, actually going, we need to bring him back. I'm like, bro, we, 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 we know how this goes. We've lived through this for six years. We, mm -hmm. We have to stop. I get that this city does not get free agents. Totally get it. I, and I won't. Which is why you make that. trades. So you don't is, have to sign free agents. But I think part of that, I think it almost is detrimental to the fans, to, to even some media. Like, I almost think we, we live in this world. It's like, uh, we can never do better than this guy. We, so we have settle. to keep him. So yeah. we, we settle. And I'm like, I'm okay with them taking some swings. And if it means they go into the crapper once in a while, I can live with that. Mm -hmm try to be better and bringing back the pieces when you've clearly plateaued. That's, that's not trying to be better. And for is one of the big points is you can't get much for Nurk. I think you get decent value for Nurk, but the thing is you're not trading use of Nurkic for another big because you're trading him to a team that needs a big. And that's what makes this part of it difficult. It's not that working through that part of it is going to be like there are teams out there that want use of Nurkic. I know that for a fact. And here, I'll get it because I know everybody wants to hear the, the 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 rumor stuff. the The rumor line is from one I have, you know. I'm trying to work this without compromising any part of this. Um, 
How do, how do I say this without getting oh, in trouble? Oh, Danny's got sources. He's got to protect the sources. I mean, I, I do have to a little bit. <laughs> or, or... Robert Covington has been shopped very hard. Okay. Actively shopped. He, he gone. Mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic has been shopped. But they are not picking up and just speed dial one, you know, working the line. Which is a mistake in my opinion, but that's fine. Me too. I, I agree. But... The level of shopping, I believe, goes Cov, Norm, CJ, Nurk. Nurk is the last one on that list. Cov has a lot of suitors. Norm has suitors and value. CJ, you have to work harder, and you need to, he needs to be gone by next season. That doesn't mean the deadline, by next season. Nurk, you've got to have the other pieces first to move him. You have to have another big. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. But if they're not actively shopping, that also makes me wonder if they are going to contemplate bringing him back because I think they're going to they say his value is not going to be 12 a year. It's going to be eight a year. And he'll take that contract and he'll be happy about it. I, I am very interested to see what contracts look like this offseason for non Anthony Simons types. I have no idea how to gauge what Nurkic is worth. I said, I just threw out eight. Is it nine? Is it 10? Is it like basically like, I think it ends up being basically a full MLE, which I think is going to be like 10 1. 10 1. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's as high as I would go. So I mean, like, I, 27 year old Yusuf Nurk is getting 440. Uh, <laughs> that's too long. That's too long. It, it's got to, if you, if you're going to do that, and again, I've made my, my stance very clear. If you do it, Four is too long. You cannot be doing. Why? Why? Why do we do this? Why do team we option on these... the four, three year, the team option fourth? No, three years with a, a two year and a team option one. Like that's the max I will go, and I will. But now I've got you, you committed to signing Yusuf Nurkic back. No, I'm playing the game. You know my opinion. If I'm the general <laughs> manager, I'm shopping this big dude. I, I can't believe we're getting to this point. Like, I don't know. I feel like this is a a, a reality show. Like this isn't real life. This team, this team hit the worst mark you could hit last year, mm. and their their solution was bring this back and blame one dude, and then this season happens and their idea is like, let's try it, it again, tweak it, don't break it completely. Let's try it again. I I just I don't know. I think I might be Looney Tunes. Maybe I'm out to lunch. No, I, I'm with you there. Um, Cooper says he's the second best on the uh, center on the market behind Aiden. Here's the difference. Yusuf Nurkic is a UFA. Aiden is an RFA. Also, Aiden is already better than Yusuf Nurkic, and he's six years younger, supremely more athletic, and has shown the ability to do a ton. Also, Aiden's going to get paid. Aiden's going to get paid. He anchored a defense that was in the NBA Finals. Yes, Nurkic anchors a defense that gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs. He did. I was going to say the Western Conference to the finals, and I was like, wait, no. He, he didn't play. Enos Cantor played. We forget that, too, don't we? The farthest they went, he didn't even play. And that's not to say, like, it's his fault. I'm just – I don't know. I, I, I've i said my piece, I guess. Let it let it go. Be with God. Yeah. And if you want to bring Yusuf Nurkic back, that's that's okay. We can I, I will I will say this. This, this, is, this is my personal stance. If you bring Yusuf Nurkic back next to season, you are a patently unserious franchise. I don't believe anything you say about competing. I don't believe anything you say about building around Damian Lillard. You are full of shit. Well, you know, I said it a different way, but you... <laughs> I just, I, I can't take, I celebrated getting rid of a guy who 
had a vision that was twisted and he was a shitty human being. Oh, such a bad vision, though. Like, aside <laughs> from like, just being a like, shitty human being, but like, like both things, vision. like Joe, I've heard from all accounts, is a good dude. And he looks at the game differently. I hope so. But if he's, here's where I ultimately Feels come like back Joe to. Feels like Joe O'Shea right now. And here's where I ultimately come back to. As bad as Neil was, and he was bad, and he was responsible for a lot of the bad decisions. Him, not ownership. I wonder if Joe is being handcuffed. When it, if, it, if it gets if it gets to that, and Yusuf Nurkic is on this team next year, without having significant value increases between him and Dame, and I mean that the three and the four, like if Nurk's back on this team, and it's John Collins at the four and Jalen Brown at the three. I'm like, all right, you know, you, you're 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 a pretty serious franchise. You know what I mean? Like, well, if, yeah, I'll change my I will change my tune. I told you guys I have no problem being wrong and changing an opinion. But, but... if it's Jeremy Grant in. Josh Hart, <laughs> you know, or Nas, and then I'm going to go, eh, that's not real serious. Yes. I, you talked about yeah. being like real switchable and you added one, well, one dude. Y- you said something there that kind of strikes me and I have to ask you, who, if it's not Joe Cronin, why would there be some kind of backdoor don't move him? Like, why? What does the organization benefit with that? I don't know. That's why I'm like, ah. that's that's why I said the other day we had one of a uh, one of the, the people in the chat like saying the Joe Cronin Neil O'Shea stuff like are we sure they're different and I I see what your point is of like he's made some moves mm-hmm. but I really think people and that are kind of like me that are thinking these similar thoughts kind of see the moves be made man like that's the thing that this team has not oh. done that's when you start making a big serious move. And to me, I don't even put Rocco in that category. That's a given. That's happening. Yeah, no, he's he's ha- that, that's, that's. I'm talking about two of the three. You make those moves, then I will be like, okay, Joe Cronin is not Neil Olshay. Yeah, you you will be you immediately become goaded at that point in time because you're just you're oh you're not Neil. Oh, and listen, and I, I say all of this about being pissed off next year. I am not like actively. Like, dude. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I I am genuinely getting to the, hey, you know, listen. If they don't make all the moves at the trade deadline, it is what it is. Now, if they don't move Cove and Nurk or one or the other at the deadline, particularly Cove because we know he's gone, then that's kind of financial malfeasance, and that again irritates me. And I'm not talking about from like a profit and loss standpoint. I'm talking about from asset management. And like, yeah, you, I mean that's so bad asset asset management. And Neil was bad at that. Neil oh, took all those terrible. all those contracts from 2016 and turned them into Hassan Whiteside, who walked. Got nothing out of it, and the Blazers are, are still recovering, are still trying to recover from that because in 2017 they used two draft picks to move up and get Zach Collins, and they used two draft picks to go get Robert Covington. So you use four draft picks and all of that salary cap space in 2016, and you turned it into what? And so if the Blazers are, are intent on doing that again, that's a problem. I'll, we'll, we'll get out of here on this because well, I, I, oh, it's I Friday just, night. Never mind. We're good. Let me, let me say real quick because I don't have much more on this. Okay. I've said my piece. I just want to add to what you just said, and then we can go. But I just want to throw in what you just laid out from the 15-16 team that mm-hmm. way overachieved and only got to the second round because Blake Griffin and Chris Paul got hurt. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. You just highlighted the problem with this, that if you continue to be okay settling, you you end up playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what Neil ended up doing, but nobody wanted to be loud about it. Nobody wanted to write or talk about that. Like people would criticize Neil, but nobody really wanted to point that out that like every bad decision he made starting with that team. And it just went bad decision, bad decision. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are you doing in the draft? You're always playing catch up. Mm -hmm. And then you're to a point where you're like, I think Zach's the guy. I, I think Zach's the guy. What do we do? Let's trade to both of our first. We're going to move up. We're going to get to, we're going to get this guy. You got to that point, And that was clearly the mistake of mistakes, but it stemmed from what you did the year prior and mm-hmm. then giving out four year, 40 million contracts to every human being on this team that asked for one, you play catch up. If you are afraid to make real movement and mm-hmm. that terrifies me. And that's, that's where I sit here and I go, I'm not going to judge Joe until then. We That's look, fair. We, we look at the roster next year. That's fair. Do I want to see activity at the deadline? Yes. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Do I want to see, like, one of CJ or Norm gone at the deadline? Yes. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Unequivocally. I understand the conditions that are there. Dimitri asks, can we get a first for Rocco? I think that boat has sailed. If you can, more power to you. I, I think if it is a first, it's a heavily protected first. Uh, that ends up turning into two seconds, or it's just a straight two seconds. But uh, on the rumor side of things, one of the other things that Jake Fisher did have in his piece that I thought was really interesting that hasn't gotten a ton of traction was that there was there is a possibility that Detroit would entertain Norm for Jeremy Grant. That was really odd and, to me. I'm glad you brought that back up because we didn't talk about that. That was really weird to me. Why would Detroit uh-huh. do that? Because Dwayne Casey coached Norman Powell and has a lot of love for him and probably norm would want to play for him you'd play alongside yeah i mean at least kate cunningham i think big, so you could excuse him being six three is kind of year two i mean realistically I, yeah yeah you, you can they, they are a bigger team sadiq uh, bay is what six seven yeah like they've they've got and you've got be Cade, norm <clears throat> sadiq like beef stew is like six nine six ten but he's yeah that's right yeah, 260 <laughs> yep um and i was like listen listen now if, if that's you, what it takes. If you can trade Norm and like uh uh I almost called him Plumley, uh Zeller, the other the other uh white group of college basketball players that has brothers that all played in college, and Zeller's dead money for Jeremy Grant and maybe take on like a bad like not a bad deal, but take on a deal like a Corey Joseph for the next year that gives them a little bit of more cap space that whatever yeah. you gotta, whatever you gotta do to kind of make that work without taking on toxic money. That's great. Listen. That's a move. Now, I don't yes. I don't think that's there's a real opportunity for that. The right. other part of this is um this is pure speculation, but it there's a giant contingent of Knicks fans that want Julius Randle gone. Well, he's been terrible this year. He has not been great. <laughs> how come how come I I I rant for like 5 minutes about things and then you share your opinion by saying this team is fucking stupid. <laughs> then we get to players. I tell you, he's been terrible. And you go, not great. Like, why do you have that that dynamic where you say? I just like to have a little. Then, I like to have a little bit of fun with it. It's not been great. Well, he was the savior last year. They won one game in the playoffs. They looked like idiots, and then they come back, and everything's going to be this great team again. And their biggest signing was, oh, let me check, Evan Fournier. We acted like that was going to do anything for them. And Randall doesn't play as well, and suddenly they're all pissed off again. Typical New Yorker. Weird. It's almost like Tom Thibodeau isn't a wizard. 
Oh, it's nuts, isn't it? Suddenly he was beloved by everybody. God, what do you I mean coaches that. can't impact defense? Look at the Knicks. And it's like, oh, okay. How are the Knicks doing this year? How's that going? Cool, 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 cool. It's just like. God. But if if they said C.J. McCollum for Julius Randle, you're, you're taking in. it, right? Yeah. I'm in. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm we're in. on the. Th- I'm in. I'm like, in. He's shooting, his shooting this year has been dreadful. He, he, well, he's he would 40, from, 25, 72. He would benefit. A, a tremendous amount by not being the one anymore. I mean, like, that, think about that is what it let, me, is. Let, me, let me fever dream this real quick. Yeah, go ahead. You send CJ McCollum for Julius Randle, and you have Dame and Ant, and you somehow find a way to swap Norman Powell for um, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. And you have Dame, Ant, Grant, Randle. I don't give a shit who you have at center. But that's my point of why you trade Nurkic, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, "Well, you need to find somebody who can, like, like you, like they, you can't replace Yusuf Nurkic." And I'm like, "No, I don't need to. All I need is somebody who is like, like, you, that's where you go get like a Mo Bamba type. Like, you go get a a a long, athletic, rangy dude, and you, because if you look around the NBA, let's just take a look at this real quick. Because I I always like to kind of highlight this. Me and we'll kind of wrap up on this. Yeah. Sort by positions real quick for the season. And we'll sort by scoring, right? Unless you have one of the dudes, Embiid's averaging 29, Jokic 26, Cat 24, AD 23, Porzingis 20, Sabonis 19. Randall's seventh, then Valanciunas, then Bam, then John Collins, then Aiden, mm-hmm. then Vooch, then Jaron Jackson. Unless you have Nurk 17th in scoring. Evan Mobley is scoring more than him. Rudy Gobert yeah. is scoring more than him. Like, it, his offensive production doesn't have to be that great. Like, Miles Turner is averaging right. two points less. If I told you you could get a real – like, Bismack Biombo is averaging 11 a game coming off the bench lately for the Suns. Well, he just got back in the NBA, too. That's what's amazing. Yeah, and it's like it would not be hard to just go find a plug-and-play pick. Which I, I'm totally cool with. Like, uh, that's not going to make or break it's, your season. It's, it's, it's not to undersell Yusuf Nurkic. It's to talk about, like, how it impacts around yes. the rest of the team. Here's where I, 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 I run into, like, here's my own pushback. You saw what Yusuf Nurkic did to the to the Raptors, a team that doesn't really have a traditional big, big who can like, – and this is the harder part, finding a guy who can play that rim-running defensive guy but eat up 80 games a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Nurk can eat up 80 games because of his, his health. Let's let's say let's push the number down to 68. I I feel like you could get some like real center minutes out of Julius Randle if you put some guys around him. And if let's say you you make all this happen and you had a real fever dream, which I don't expect any of this to come true. So don't go like quote tweeting this. <laughs> let's say they 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 take the last bit of what they have, and they take. Let's say they get that first round pick, yeah, and they take that first round pick and they trade, <clears throat> um, Cov or Nance or whoever, get some young stuff and package up that first round pick and send it off to Indiana and get Miles Turner. Yeah, now I think that's what you do. Now it's all really come together. And again, I don't believe any of this shit would happen. But like, when you start like going through like the theory of of like how. <clears throat> how important Yusuf Nurkic is. He's important right now because of how shorthanded they are. 
He's important because he's the only real big they have on the team. He's important because he's the only guy who can give you real rim deterrence and be a defensive anchor. But if you spread that importance out over more than just one dude, that importance falls down. I mean, LeBron's playing the GD5 for the Lakers this year. I I, I just I, I Jalen Rose it's positionless league, man. Like it's not important to me. Get get a six ten dude, call it good. And if they get matched Try. up with the Philadelphia 76ers I mean, in the finals, go guess God. what? <laughs> guess who would get eaten alive even if you had him? <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic. Joel Embiid would dominate Yusuf Nurkic in an NBA finals. He's gonna win the MVP this year. I hope he does. I'm, I'm, he des- I mean he deserves it. He's, He's been a what are they? They're twenty six and eleven with him. They're yeah. I forget their record. I think they've lost eight of whatever they've lost this year have been without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm I'm a Joel Embiid guy. Me too. Uh, <clears throat> we went long here, but we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Uh, it's a Friday night. Didn't do the pregame. Had, obviously, Quick's article spurring a lot of a conversation. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. That's how it grows. Word of mouth. Share us with your friends. Hey, you want to see uh, two idiots talk about the Blazers for a long time? Here you go. Check out the show. Uh, that's that's how this works. So thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, I did have a long, long meeting yesterday with the guys from Playback. We are doing every game watch party for the rest of the season. Uh, and uh, one of the cool things is they are actually actively taking my suggestion to add the ability to get clips during a game. And I will oh. be able to take those clips and bring them and put them up on the screen for everybody. So when we go to a commercial break and I, when I go, hey, take a look at this. Yeah. I can go back and do this and be be uh, fake-ass Lamar Heard. <laughs> White worse Lamar Heard. <laughs> Fatter, less 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 money, more broken, shorter, less handsome. You more, know. more broken inside and out, you know. <laughs> But thank you all. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we're going to add some more stuff, like I said, uh, to the membership. So if you want to become a member, uh, please uh, head to the YouTube channel, click the community page and join, or just uh, youtube.com backslash Danny Meringue slash join. Uh, the uh, URL is the same. Uh, we will catch you guys, what, Sunday? Sunday matinee game. I will be on the pre. I will not be able to catch the post, Yeah, well, I figured. Yeah. It, I mean, 12.30 tip. When do we have those ever? Yeah, we have, like, usually two a year. I know. I didn't know it was it's a twelve thirty tip. It's usually the MLK Day game, but they didn't get it this yeah. year, so. They well, I'll tell you what gets me excited: Chicago at noon thirty. That's kind of exciting. It's a fun game. Bummer is they have so many guys out. I, I like know. Lonzo's they've... out, Caruso's out, Levine's yeah. out. It's like, oh man! But yeah. it's gonna be a fun game. Uh, I said OKC first. They go to Chicago, then OKC for some stupid reason. What? Oh, okay, whatever. Um, but cool, it'll uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So we'll catch you guys then. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Murray, at Brandon Sprague. You can email the show, jackramsey at gmail.com. We love you. Thank you all so, so very much. Great weekend.